can two can non-binary people have sex with each other? Do they have some sort of like puzzle piece instead of a penis <laughs> or a vagina? They got it's like kind of a it's like a Lego contraption that fits into the other. You gotta Tetris it in there. Um, I don't know. Okay. Yes, uh, non-binary people can do that sex. Hello, and welcome to Your Mileage May Vary. We talk about sex and relationships with frankness that is controversial, but mostly in good faith. On today's show, we're going to talk about a woman with an eye patch, how to shave your bikini area, uh, how and when to discuss herpes, and if we have time, golden showering. I am Keith. Good. My co-host is Mike. How's it going, Mike? Good, Keith. I thought thought of you at the beach today. I'm in Lake Tahoe, mm. and... Um, I was at the beach and I saw a woman lying on her stomach in a bikini. Nice. And uh, she was extremely attractive and I was looking at her and then she turned over and still very attractive. But then I noticed that she oh. had like some kind of a scar on her leg. Uh-huh. And I thought of you because I thought, oh, this is the kind of thing <laughs> that would like immediately turn Keith off. And like it did, it, it worked on me a bit too. Like, I mean, everything else was very, very amazing. And then she just had this one defect. Right. And I was like, oh, and it was, it was probably two inch, two and a half inches long. Not huge, but it was, it didn't look good. So that, that yeah. How was her, how was her face? Did you even notice or was the scar oh. so off-putting you didn't? Everything else was great. I mean, she, okay. she, she clearly, she fit her bikini really well. Like it was really compelling, but then that, yeah. I think just... I could tolerate, I think I could tolerate a scar. It wasn't, I, it was sort I, of puffy. I like tattoos, for example. Or this was least... sort of puffy though. It wasn't just a scar. It was like, oh, a, I see. Like something like a, I think they call them deformation. Keloids. Yeah. Yeah. Like something had gone wrong. Maybe like the healing process hadn't worked properly. Was, yeah. Yeah. You know. I don't love that, I guess. Yeah. Um, have I talked on the podcast about when I see uh, dating app photos and somebody like is in crutches or in a cast and how that just that turns into an immediate next for me? You have talked about that. You haven't talked about the thing you sent me, the image you sent me today, though, with the, uh, oh. do want, I don't know if that's the topic maybe you don't want to talk about, but you have some expertise on that. Yeah. Uh, hmm. Yeah, we can talk about it, I guess. I, I've noticed on dating apps, there are a lot of people that, I don't know if they should be ashamed or not. I mean, I guess it's better for their mental health that they're not ashamed, but People will prominently display their cutting scars on their online dating profile photos, and you think they're that may you think they 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 think that the people looking at them would know what they are like they're doing it they're they're doing it on purpose. Well, okay. First of all, what are, what are cutting scars? So a lot yeah. of people, um, more young women than young men, but uh, folks will cut themselves maybe with a razor or some other. Um, sharp blade um, and they'll cut themselves in, in small ways just to, I don't know, there's various reasons, but um, people do this to maybe get a sense of control when they feel like they don't have good control of their life. And um, it will leave these like little scars where, where you've done it. And some people have just a few, um, a lot of people will start like on their upper legs where you can't see them as much, but if they really lean into it, they'll have them on their arms and maybe some other places. Um, is it insensitive of me to ask? <laughs> the other's going to be yes. Uh, why? Like, 
Okay, you want to you want to get some control, and you want to sort of do something that hurts. You want to you want to sort of you, you want to feel alive or something. I can, I can understand. That. I can vibe with that. But why not like try to do a plank for as long as you can? Because that's pretty painful, right? I mean, even <laughs> me, I'm, I'm I'm an expert planker, but even me at like minute six, it starts to you know I start shaking and stuff like that. And and for most people, it's probably like twenty seconds in that happens. Like what what it, do you have any any insight into this? Why? Or, or, you know, do a bunch of push-ups. do that thing where you like, are like sitting down without a chair with your back against the wall. There, there are things that really hurt that you can do that are actually good for you. Right. I mean, why, 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 why do they have to hurt themselves? I actually don't understand. Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't know why people self-harm. Um, I, I think the sort of generic answer is it's a outlet for emotional pain, you know, when they feel like they can't. But isn't exercise- it. Isn't exercise yeah. a form of self-harm? I mean, couldn't you say like, I'm, I'm so upset, I'm going to go do a wind sprint and just feel awful, you know, throw up afterward, which is, you know, sort of easy to do, to be honest. I mean, just get out there and sprint, you know, yeah. for, for two minutes. I mean, you're going to be in real trouble after that. I mean, exercise is a good solution to almost all mental and emotional okay. issues. It's hard not to okay. feel better after, but I think people can't see that in the haze of their depression or feeling out of control or emotional pain or whatever it may be. And okay. I think it, I think it becomes an addiction. Like they feel this overwhelming urge to harm themselves, like particularly during times of emotional pain. Okay. That makes sense. Okay. So you see, you see people on dating, dating apps and the like who display these, the results, the scars. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I think I first sent you a photo of somebody a number of months ago and then like ever since, I guess I've been noticing it more, but it's interesting that, I mean, I guess and, it's good that they're comfortable showing it. Well, they're not though, because you have told me that you unusually will sometimes well actually directly ask about it. You'll <laughs> say, which I, I look, I think that's sort of appropriate. I, it doesn't, yeah. But yeah, you you say, look, I have some expertise here. I've seen this enough times to know what it is, and yeah. you ask about it. And the people, but the important thing here is that they are not. They are. Have you had a person be straightforward about it when you asked? No. Okay, no. so they're not. They're not, not displaying good. it. I think it's not good pre-first date patter. That's my main lesson. And like, obviously that should have been pretty clear <laughs> before, but I thought like, look, yeah, I'm trying to relate and, you know, make an interesting conversation and it's better than just saying, Hey, or whatever. And like, if you're showing your, your scarring, um, I feel like it, okay. I felt like it could be sort of inviting, um, some sort of attention to it, but mostly they're probably just recovering and they're, you know, part of their recovery is trying to, you know be less feel less shame around it themselves and so but, when you brought it up that doesn't mean just... that that doesn't mean they want to talk about it with some random stranger they just matched with online you were genuinely you genuinely thought they might want to have a conversation about it you weren't just doing it to this wasn't somebody that you you just were curious to see how they react or i don't kind remember of... I okay don't, okay i don't normally do things for sport like that but i don't remember for sure that's true you don't i that's much more what i would do is yes to, is to yeah yeah. But I think I did send you one of those conversations. I think she denied it. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, I think I was nice in it. I don't remember. We'll have to go back and check the archives. You, I think, got irritated when she said it wasn't what it was. And then you said, look, I, I, I know what this is. You know, you weren't, you weren't not oh. nice. You were firm. You were firm. I wanted, I wanted your opinion on whether it was obvious to you that they were cutting scars. That's right. I it's hard for me to say because this no. isn't something that, I mean, I'm not a right. clinician. I haven't encountered this. I my, my kids, knock on wood, don't do this. Right. And I've certainly 
I, I've cut myself, but not on purpose. <laughs> so I don't know. Yeah, right. these, these weird sort of linear cuts that are all parallel, very odd. Um, and you're right. right that it is, it's remarkable. I mean, I think she argued there were stretch marks, maybe. Yes, I mean, I, she tried. I, I don't think stretch marks tend to be that linear. They tend to sort of follow the contour of the skin more. But yeah, you know. I could imagine stretch marks occasionally looking like cutting scars, but these did not. They did not. That's right. Yeah. Um, okay. I wanted to talk about one other thing before we get into our, our topics of the day. Uh, so I've spoken to two women in the last week that, let's see, they basically said that they aren't looking for a relationship. They do want to meet up and potentially even probably have sex. Um, but they both expressed irritation at men wanting to date them and falling for them. And I actually have uh, somebody texted me. One of these two people texted me this. And she said specifically, my problem now is that I'm basically just looking for fun experiences and good sex, but every guy I meet is infatuated with me. So now I'm the asshole. And I wanted to know how that squares. Both of these women are in their mid twenties. And so I wanted to know what you think is going on. What is your theory of mind for these two women? Well, there's a there's a gentleman on TikTok who makes videos about this sort of phenomenon. And his argument would be for sure that they're trying to kind of optimize. So basically they his argument would be that they are only dating top five percent men or something. And I'm talking about physical attractiveness here. Yeah. Um and they basically are just kind of having a sort some sort of relationship ADD where they date a guy until they kind of get bored and then they move on. Um, and they're flighty and not really looking at flighty might not be the right word. They're not looking for sort of anything, anything long-term and they don't, they, the, uh, rhetoric about guys getting infatuated with them may be a, more related to a perception that they once or twice dated a guy who was a six or a seven instead of a nine. Uh-huh. And then they had that experience with that guy. And so they're constantly kind of trading up out of that experience. Um, that mm. was what, that's what this guy in this guy. Yeah. He makes a lot of hay out of that. I forget his username. Um, my view on it is that this is definitely not uh, optimal mating strategy for a woman. Um, it, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Uh, and I think they're basically responding to, what they've been taught from social media and from, from society at large. And, and, and I'm sure this is surely, surely a path to being extremely unhappy for them. Okay, here we go. I was hoping you would take this, this tack. Okay. What if, I mean, both of these women are exceptionally attractive and so they sort of have their pick amongst men. It's really, really hard when you say things like that, and I don't get to see the pictures immediately. Yeah. But go on, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, I mean, is it not a good strategy to just fuck around for a while and then settle down? It is not. It later? is not a good strategy. It it's not a good strategy for a couple of reasons. Number one, it uh, lowers the her, they're lo- they're they're lowering their own value. Uh, now I don't know. I mean, are these are these women? Uh, Doctors, lawyers, ten extra engineers—is are any of them going to be on the Supreme Court? Like, what would you say the odds that the smartest one of these women is on the Supreme Court in thirty years? What are the odds? 
I mean, the same as they are for you and I, which is zero. Okay. So zero. Uh, they're not like, so we're not, this is not, um, I'm not sure if the Supreme Court actually is the right standard there, but I was just picking something. I can't pick Congress or president because the, uh, I don't want to, I don't want to, being having dementia. I don't want to dox um, these women, but they both are in very respectable careers. Okay. They, they're okay. above average, uh, like materially above average in, in that aspect. Okay. Um, so that's good. That's good for them. Um, the bad side is that that's not necessarily, I mean, to the extent that they're single and they remain single, that's fine. That's not necessarily the value that's going to be optimal. The thing that a man is going to be optimizing for in selecting a woman, their attractiveness will decrease over time. It's decreasing daily if they're in their mid twenties. Mm-hmm. They also, every time they have a new partner are decreasing their value. Uh, frankly, whether or not they reveal it to some later partner, uh, there will be behavior changes and whatnot that, uh, that, that, so, so in other words, you know, they had a certain amount of value and every time they have a new partner, that value is decreasing and people could say, oh, well, you're just so anti-feminist. Look, this is just like, I didn't make the rules. I'm just describing the rules of the game here. Like, this is how it works. Uh, yeah, and, but and, even if yeah. it were true that there was some measurable drop in their attractiveness because of this behavior, there's some potentially measurable value in the short-term hedonism. That's true. Uh, I mean, yeah. So you have to like do the area under the curve of right. the value they would have for their entire yeah. life. Yeah. Um, I mean, uh, w- women prioritizing hedonism <laughs> while interesting. I mean, so, so the, the way the defense of that would have to be something like, you'd have to say something like, this. You'd have to say essentially every successful culture in the world ever was poorly constructed. You've discovered a new way to do culture that will work really well, where you're just a super hedonistic female. And like literally everybody else, every other, I mean, I'm sure that you can find some like corner case culture where women were super, super hedonistic. All these other ones just had it wrong. They didn't understand what sort of maximized happiness and social welfare and so forth. And you'd be saying, "Look, I've I've figured it out. I've I've cracked, I've I've cracked the 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 combination here." I mean, on the other hand, I would say, "Look, the thing that you're pursuing makes doesn't make a whole lot of sense for a woman. It's super easy. If I were a hot woman in her mid twenties, I could do what you're doing instantly. It would be trivial." So yeah, I think I mean, their complaint is something around maybe feeling badly for the men after or something. I'm not I'm not sure exactly after what the guy after they break up with them. Yeah, or ghost them, or whatever it may be. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, there. How, how, how? Let me ask you this: How is a woman like that ever going to be a mother? Like, how can that work? Like, she's basically training herself to abandon people she purportedly likes, <laughs> cares about, loves. She's she's learning to abandon abandon people, and so then all of a sudden she's going to just do a big U turn, uh, a hairpin. And suddenly she's going to have, you know, she's going to find a guy that she's just like, oh, this, you're the one. Like, it's just not plausible. Like, I mean, to the extent that like you're learning how to live your life, like this is nonsensical. Men that have slept with a lot of women are expected to make that 180 degree pivot, right? It's much easier for a man because men, well, actually, I mean, there's a point where I think a man could go off this cliff as well, actually. But I think it's easier for a man because the social, like the, 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 the position that men occupy differs from that of a woman 
the man is not expected to be sort of the primary love giver to a, to the to the kids. Right. The man is not expected to, you know, he's he's expected to have a wandering eye, and like there's all these social structures that are designed to um, make it not socially palatable for him to follow that wandering eye. Okay. If a woman also has a wandering eye, like what what next? Like now okay, what? Okay, so you're making an argument that. Um- the the short term hedonism sort of does some irreversible damage to things like compassion and empathy and I'm certain that the damage pre predated the short term hedonism in these cases these are people that have either <laughs> had challenging life experiences that have altered them kind of exa- in, uh, you know in in a, in a somewhat permanent way from the typical life path that like uh-huh. we know from from thousands of years of human record. I mean, there literally is nothing in human recorded history that's parallel to this. Like there's no, there's, there's just nothing like no, no society never works this way. Well, so yeah. They, so either but there's a lot of a things, experience. there are a lot of yeah. things that are different, you know, in the last 40 years that are unprecedented. Like that's not necessarily that's true, but, an argument in itself. That's but, true. But I mean, people's, people's brains haven't, haven't evolved in the last 40 years. They might've evolved in the last thousand years, fair. but not in the last. Yeah, forty, and so people, and so you're creating fundamentally like an inhumane situation for yourself. Now that's true that there are other things that are inhumane for people, like fast-paced society, having access to screens, having all of the world's information at your fingertips. Pretty soon, having an AI assistant that you can just talk to all the time, AI porn. There's all these things that are like, wow, this is really different. Um, but, but the underlying argument here that these women are basically making, unless I'm misunderstanding it, is, look, they're just. They've just they figured it out. They've they've changed. They're they're now a new type of person who does not have the uh, sort of desires that a woman I don't, more than twenty years ago had. They, they, yeah. they've discovered that they've they figured it out. I can't speak on. for either of them, but I suspect they would say something like, "They have plenty of time, and in the short term, they're not interested in settling down." Yeah, I mean, some some things when done can't be un, 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 undone. They can't be undone. Like you can't, okay. you know, you're learning how to live life. You're basically, yeah, the argument is I'm going to live my life this way. And then all of a sudden, look, if they want to be hedonists their entire life, I would respect that more. But you see, I know they don't. The thing you said is very telling. You, you said you suspected it. They want to yeah. be hedonists until they turn a certain age and then switch around. And that's literally the cock carousel idea that incels have. They're, they're literally doing the incel playbook. Uh, the, in other words, what incels think women do. They're literally doing that. Uh, and so, and, and I just, it just doesn't, it, it, yeah, it's sort of cliche and I don't think it's going to work out well for them. Huh. Okay. Maybe you know I about think... the cock carousel? No. What is the cock carousel? It's basically the idea that it's the idea that it women- sounds so horrible. In, it, it does. <laughs> <laughs> There's this idea that incels have that you know, because the the whole incel thing is, you know, you're a guy, you're let's say a five or a four or a six or something. Uh-huh. You're fine. You're a guy that like 50 years ago would have had a, a, a wife and so forth. But now, so so th- there is this phenomenon that is all over social media where, um, essentially all okay. If you do the curves of who upvotes people on Tinder, Bumble, Hinge, and so forth, who swipes right? Uh, women do it in a women swipe right on men. Less than men swipe right on women, but they do it in a bell curve. No, sorry, it's the other way around. Men swipe right on women more than women do, but men do it in a bell curve, meaning that there's a certain set of women that just like get absolutely no swipes. There's a certain set of women that everybody swipes, and then it, but it's it follows a bell curve. It's like a probabilistic distribution. It's sort of what you would expect. So the woman in the middle kind of 
gets the middle amount of swipes. Mm-hmm. Whereas women swiping on men, it's it's like that curve, except it's way to the right, meaning that there's like 50% of men who get never get a swipe right. And then there's this tiny fraction, say 5% at the top that are getting swiped right by women okay. uh, much more frequently. And the argument is basically that incels make is basically that this causes women to do what they say they call riding the cock carousel, which is women will say, oh, they all figure out that they can date the top 5% guy, which is true. Most women can because the top 5% guy doesn't care. He doesn't want a relationship. He just wants to fuck attractive women or whatever, just women. And they're, yeah. uh, to- uh, men are perfectly willing to just change partners all the time and psychologically set up to handle that type of lifestyle. And that makes sense because men don't carry the baby. Men can you know, have in principle okay. thousands okay. of children. Okay. Yeah. So, so the incel argument is that women basically do this. And then at some point they do this hairpin turn where they say, oh, I finished riding the carousel. Now I'm going to, now I'm going to settle down with somebody and they get extremely animated and irritated about this. And I think rightly so but in that, like, this is sort of this, this lifestyle that people adopt, uh, makes it basically so they have no chance of finding a partner. And there are a lot of men that just sort of give up on dating because of that. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, I guess they are both for, attempting to ride. For the listeners here, I want to say it. I want to say that I am married, so I'm not an incel, uh, but I totally, <laughs> I think they have a really good point. Like I'm not, I'm not an involuntary celibate person, but I think they, I think they're making a really good point. And yeah, I think that these women are not uh, filling the role in society that like makes sense for them. They've like turned the, the, um, they've turned the mating strategy on its head and there is a psychological price they will pay for that. And they probably already are paying. They would be much happier if they just had a tr- if they'd met some guy in college that they liked and they'd settled down with him. They'd be much happier if they'd done that. I think on average that may be true. I don't know if mm-hmm. I, I don't know if that doesn't mean that there aren't some exceptions. People that have I bet you if you did a psychological inventory of women that do this thing and then did it against traits traits that they, what am I trying to say traits or life experiences that indicate for either abuse or some sort of extreme like feminist theological indoctrination, I bet you there'd be a strong correlation, meaning that it's not a genetic trait. It's not like they're they're super butch. They have a lot of testosterone. It's not that. It's that like something happened in their life where they, and it could just be like their exposure to modern culture, but this this sort of tweak. Perhaps, perhaps, but it's, yeah, it's not. Def, it's not causal in, in both directions, right? So like if you had something bad happen to you, that doesn't mean you'll be like this. And if you're like this, it doesn't mean that something bad happened to you. But it there very frequently does for women, in fact. Like there, there's a lot of abuse scenarios for and I don't yeah, understand this at all. We're just arguing about the degree of correlation, I guess. Sure. I'm not saying they were abused. There's a good chance, but I'm not saying they were. I think it's I think it's just as likely that they were sort of psychologically abused by feminist culture. Man, if either of them listen to this, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get yelled at. Um, but that's a good place to move on from. Uh, sure. You have any? Any? You wanna do any more of your misogynist rant, ranting before we move on? It's not. <laughs> it's really. I want to say that it's sad. It's sad. That that's how it's gonna be heard. That's how I know. It's gonna be it's, heard. That's very sad. All I'm saying is like read some history, like get off of TikTok. I could say that to myself and and like read any history of any epic of human history in any culture. And you will see that what you're doing is just makes no sense. 
All right. Um, I am frustrated that I haven't seen their pictures yet, so I'm hoping to get that eventually. Yeah. Thus showing uh, the male, the male uh, wandering eye. Right. All right. Let's talk about the eye patch lady. Uh, this person says, my boyfriend of five years just told me he no longer finds me desirable because I lost an eye. Um, my partner boyfriend of five years just told me he no longer finds me attractive since my brain surgery that caused me to lose one eye. So he's gotten a mistress in her 20s for sex. Uh, this couple's in their, I think, late 40s. I have an eye patch now and probably will for the rest of my life. But really, I'm not even sure what to do with this. I'm still recovering, so can't quite leave yet. We live together. But I'm just in shock. Besides the 10 pounds I gained and the eye patch, I look the same as I did when we started dating. I'm a formal model, but I wasn't when we met. I did my best to find a man that I thought wasn't with me solely for my looks because I knew one day they would go. The irony is I stood with him through chemo, he lost his hair and then gained 25 pounds, and I still made sure he felt desirable. I'm mad at myself for letting this put me in a deep depression. My surgery was two months ago. Strangers still compliment me on my looks. I graciously say thank you and move on. So I still believe at least one man will still find me attractive with an eye patch. But I it just feel awful because this is the one person who I've shared my life with and looks at me with disgust. So I cry and then I get mad at myself for crying. How does the crying work? I guess... Because she's upset. Oh, you're wondering about her crying with the missing eye? Yeah, I was making a very off-color joke. <laughs> um, I keep thinking he is crazy, but that doesn't stop the tears. Uh, so I guess I'm just asking for encouragement from people who are on the other side of leaving an unappreciative partner and now with a good one and really any encouragement. Okay, so this is heartbreaking, of course. But uh, the reason why I brought it up is... Um, I mean, it's kind of a cool story for the guy, right? I mean, the guy had cancer. He got helped through the chemo and now he has like a 20 something year old mistress. So like, I mean, don't, don't like drop that on <laughs> right. the floor. Like the guy's so, having a pretty good time. Right. Yeah. The, the net happiness here might be around the same, right? She's a little yeah. bit lower. He's a lot higher. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. The effect of altruists would have to weigh the scales there and see whether this is a preferable situation. Um, yeah. What is reasonable as couples that have been together for a long time progress, like, okay, let's say your partner puts on 400 pounds. Okay. You, you might say that the partner that doesn't put on 400 pounds may be within their rights to be a little bummed and less sexually attracted. It's like, okay, what if a partner is in a car accident and loses an arm? Uh, you know, is that reasonable? You know, is is your agency in the disfigurement important? Like, I I can imagine being less attracted to a person with one eye myself, and it wouldn't be on purpose. Uh, would you? Would you? If you were in his shoes, and let's assume, let's just stipulate that she is still pretty attractive, based on what she said. Uh -huh. Would you rather she have one eye or no eyes? Uh, one, one. This is like the old mermaid question. Would you prefer a woman? Do you know this one? No. Okay. Let, let's sit here for a second. Would you prefer a woman who is a mermaid from the waist up or a mermaid ah. from the waist down? Right. Yeah. Right. And of course, we don't know what the genitals of a mermaid are like. So it's tricky. Right. Yeah. I mean, you're presuming. Isn't a mermaid from the waist up? Isn't a mermaid from the waist up just a person? No, they have a fin and no vagina. Wait, the waist is above the vagina key. So a mermaid from the waist up oh. is going to have legs. Oh, mermaid so isn't that just a person? Up. No, a mermaid from the waist up is a person, but doesn't have. 
What's mi- I mean, they're, a, they're <laughs> a human from the waist down and a mermaid. I, I don't think this joke oh, makes sense. Sorry. Right? Because- In that case, yeah, from the waist down, they have female genitalia, but the top is a fish. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> okay. So it's not, it's not, a, I get it. So it's not a mermaid. It's some sort of freak. It's like the opposite. Oh, of I see. What so you're obviously, saying. obviously, people okay. would rather. You're right. It isn't very well stated. Yeah, I guess it's a fish from the waist up or fish from the waist. Yeah. Down. So people yeah. would obviously pick the mermaid because, I mean, historically, you know, the mermaids come from these various. Although I, I'm well aware that the story "The Little Mermaid" comes from is actually not quite as friendly as the Disneyfied version of it. But anyway, there is this stuff from history of people fetishizing mer people and uh-huh. so obviously you pick the mermaid not the facial fish with the human legs like that makes no sense well i mean neither is particularly appetizing but okay the joke is that men are like so obsessed with vaginas that they would tolerate a person who's a fish from the waist up that's not true because a man then you could just go have sex with goats or whatever like that's not that's not actually right they there's a lot more to it than that for instance where would you where, where would you uh <laughs> where would you bust your nut uh, who, what would happen to the come on tongue subreddit in this world? They would, yeah. They would, I mean, people maybe, you know, some would choose one half and some would choose <laughs> come, the other half. Come on, gills. It's <laughs> great. Uh, okay. So, what's, yeah. So, I mean, this is like a somewhat common situation that comes up like one partner. I mean, it could be as simple as a person is asexual, like just is like, look, I don't want to have sex anymore. Yep. Um, people change over time. You could also have somebody that just becomes a bum. Like, I mean, let's say you're a woman and you're married to a guy and he just is like, becomes a bum. Like, yeah, you know, he's just playing video games at home all day. Yeah. And doesn't have, doesn't, doesn't provide in the way he did. And maybe you're a stay at home mom or something. And you're like, wait a minute. I mean, I think that there are, you know, it's basically there, there are points where people, it's reasonable for somebody to say, look, the baseline agreement that we had uh, at the beginning of this relationship is no Not longer operative. In this case, um, yeah, it's a little more complicated. I mean, I think that yeah, because it sounds like she's still sexually interested in him. Yeah. And so it's basically just he just doesn't want to have sex with someone who has an eye patch. He's also probably taking advantage of the situation to trade. It's an excuse. Yes. Which yeah. is kind of understandable. I mean, I, you know, and yeah, I mean, I, it's tricky for her because even if she got him to agree not to do this, he's still the kind of person who would do this. So how is that? Better? Right. Right. Well, so, I mean, I, I yeah. think it's the woman's fault. In all the, in, in these situations, generally, I think it's the Forgetting woman's fault. Forgetting the brain surgery? Yes. No. It's her fault because <laughs> the woman's job is to be selective and to pick a good guy. That's their job. It really yeah. is their job. And like, I, I, like I was in- um, I And was this in, guy's a turd. Where was I? I was in Walmart in Carson City, Nevada a couple Why? days ago. Um, what was I in there for? I needed something to be able to pipe, pump up the tires of my um, mountain bike. Okay. They have these like cool devices that have a battery in them. It's good, you know, nice. Anyway, I I saw a a couple, two different couples in Carson City, Nevada, which is the state capital, but still, where the woman was really attractive and like the guy was not so great. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, maybe one of them is like the governor or something. I don't know. But it always sort of irritates me when there's like a really attractive woman that has chosen one of these guys. I think you just failed. You, you, you did it. You, you did. Now, of course, I don't know. You know. Sometimes the guy may have some qualities that I'm totally unaware of. I'm just making some snap judgments. But like, but in general, that's the woman's job. The guy wants to have sex with everybody. And the woman has this job of like weeding out and finding a, a high quality guy. And this woman picked a guy who, you know, would do this. And so right. it's like, well, I mean, why did you, you know, it's tough. It's a delayed reaction mistake. Obviously, they've probably been together 20 years, but still. Could you make an argument that 
she should want him to go find sex, sexual fulfillment elsewhere, right? So maybe not in this particular case, but let's say that I put on 200 pounds and I've been married for 20 years and my partner is like, Keith, I think you're fucking gross now. I mean, wouldn't the compassionate and loving thing for me to do, wouldn't that be to say to her, you know what? You're right. I'm sorry. You should go find, what, what is a mistress if it's a man? A mister? A warlock? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> go find a mister. <laughs> like, isn't that the like compassionate thing to do? I don't think that the gender dichotomy works that well here because yeah, I don't think but... it's that likely that a woman is going to say that. Mm-hmm. Um, women are much better at like turning their sex drives off. But, but if you flip it, so it's a woman who has something happen to her and there's a man and her husband. Yeah, I actually think that uh, it, I think it would be a compassionate, reasonable thing. And there's probably some analogous situation if you switch the genders. I just have to think about what it is. Right where the man is unable to provide something, and so it's like, hey, you know, why don't you find that elsewhere or something like that? Like, offer her some way to get that. I just doubt that it would normally be sex. Your your uh, hot friends, notwithstanding, right? I I mean, I think that people. I mean, this just isn't how relationships work. Like, jealousy is sort of baked into it, and people would rather their partner be. People would rather their partner have an unsatisfying sex life than have than their partner have sex with other people. Maybe selfishly so, but I mean, you could you certainly could imagine. I mean, there is an uh, an obligation like what, on both people in a relationship. That's what monogamy is built on: is this like, well, yeah, we're going to be with each other forever, and we're not going to sleep with anyone else, and we know that's non-ideal, but for both of our own jealousy's sake, that's what we're going to do. Yeah. I mean, this is one of the reasons why I think that it's not completely gender identical. I mean, uh, there are, I don't know, there, there's some very large fraction of men who are married who have gone to prostitutes and that doesn't mean that they're going to abandon their wives Yeah, or have gone to a strip club and like gone into the champagne room or whatever thing you want to come up with. Like this is a relatively common occurrence and historically so too. I mean, you know, it's basically throughout all of recorded human history, men have done things like this and it's, it doesn't prevent the man from fulfilling his husbandly duties. But for a woman to go outside the marriage like that is a little different. What do you think the ratio is? Of men that have gone to a prostitute versus not? Uh, men who have had extramarital sex versus women. Uh, you're, you're asking me, what percentage? Okay, the ratio. So yeah, um, the the okay, it's going to be much higher for men. So I'd say ten to one. Yeah, for women, it's going to mean something different, of course. Uh, so when a woman starts doing that, that's pretty red flag for a guy. It might not mean anything, right? Realistically, right? Yeah. Okay. It occurred to me, Keith. Maybe I don't, I don't two know what friends. I don't know what the ratio maybe, is, but that might be right. Anyway, go on. Maybe your two friends could start dating each other. They could just have sex with each other, which would have the added benefit of then we don't, you know, they sort of be what taking one themselves of them, out of the population. What if, one of them, what if one of them fell for each other? Then they would they won't. just have the same complaint. <laughs> it's funny. But they've both said they can't, see? So they, mm. they'd be in this sort of weird uh, logical fallacy. <laughs> right. Do they know each other? Could you introduce them to each other? No, they do not. Oh, the, you could be matchmaker. Look at that. 
hedon, the hedonistic matchmaker. I don't think that would go well. <laughs> All right. Um, okay, let's go out to this uh, person and her uh, bikini area. So hmm. she wrote a fairly lengthy thing here. I'm deciding whether it's worth the... Well, let's just dive in. All right. She says, what am I doing wrong shaving my bikini area? I've asked for advice in the past about the best way to do this. Uh, I've been following the instructions carefully and it has made no difference. I also let the pubic hair grow out for a considerable amount of time to try to ensure I have no in-ground hairs anywhere and no skin irritation. Here's my current process. Okay, you ready for this? I use baby oil all over to soften the hair. I enter the shower and use exfoliant. I use a men's shaving cream on the area. I use a brand new disposable razor that generally speaking leaves my skin feeling incredibly smooth. Uh, she says in other areas. I don't know what that means. Maybe get, she shaves I, She shaves other areas. So other areas okay. it works fine. Okay. Oh, okay. But it doesn't leave her feeling incredibly smooth in this area. Okay. Get yes. out of the shower and after patting dry with a towel, I use rubbing alcohol on the area, which has a very mild burn at some spots, which hinted to me it was definitely closing pores. I wipe an unscented Dove deodorant strick on the area sparingly to avoid sweat and irritation. Maybe she means antiperspirant, not deodorant. The, does uh, Dove make antiperspirant? The, I'm not sure. The the uh, a couple things. The the rubbing alcohol, meaning that it's closing pores. That sounds mm-hmm. like not real to me. That sounds like I, I'd want to I'd want to know what a doctor says about that. I, it doesn't sound right to me. That's what aftershave ostensibly does, right? I don't know. Yeah, it okay. just sounds weird to me. Okay, and then and then in terms of the the antiperspirant, that's like sort of a a thing I've heard repeatedly. Is that like that can? It can it, but it's not. It's actually what I've heard it read is that it uh, it kills bacteria. The alcohol. Well, the antiperspirant, whatever, kills. Oh. It's, it's deodorant. It's deodorant. It kills bacteria, and so then that reduces the odds of you getting um, you know, inflammation or whatever, like spots. Okay, okay. I didn't know that part. Okay, all right, so. Let's see. I've done all these steps and I'm left with a bunch of unattractive red spots all over my bikini area anyway. It's the exact same skin sensitivity to past shaves. I feel like I can't shave the area again for at least a week and the same ugly red bumps are present within 12 hours. For the record, I have, I'm someone who has very minimal allergies, so I don't consider that to be an element here. What am I doing wrong? Um, and she mentions she has no ingrowns to get a wax. Um, but she says, this is seriously affecting my sex life. I refuse to let my boyfriend look at my vagina during sex. If I can even bring myself to have it without feeling ugly. And I haven't allowed myself to be eaten out in a very, very long time. I've lost all confidence towards being sexy. My boyfriend doesn't make me feel this way. I just literally cannot think about it in regards to sex. I refuse to go swimming with people this summer. And I just wear shorts and a bikini top to sit by the pool. I'm miserable. And I can't really afford routine waxing on the budget I'm on right now anyway. Should I just accept I'll never have a porn star vagina? Yeah. Maybe so. Um, I think, uh, I mean, before I heard, I, I, I figured there was some lack of, so it's low, low cash, low cash dimension to this because I think, can't you get laser? <laughs> you can get laser. Yeah. So that's a thing that you could consider in a situation like this. I, I, I there probably are just people who have. What if pubic hair comes back into style? You can't undo the lasering. Like like chest hairs back into style. I was hope. it out? Yeah, I think <laughs> it was. Okay. Well the I have a I have um, a modest about a chest hair. Okay. More than I you. have none. 
Yeah, I've, I yeah, I've zero. I've, I'm like I'm an aware. Asian, Asian yeah. man, but I'm not Asian. I'm, <laughs> I'm uh, English, more or less. But uh, I, I, yeah, uh, I, I mean, this may, it makes sense to me that there are women who would have sensitivity in that area. I think that if I, I actually know, I've never shaved. I know, and I'm very well aware of the issue of the grow the when it grows back in it being very itchy. So I'm not. Well, yeah, and you'll to notice it around if you look at women's bikini lines, like when you're at the beach or the hot tub or whatever. You'll notice like some are smooth and then some have like sort of razor bumps. Um, you know, I don't know. Is this something that you look for specifically? Yeah, to? it is. Okay. Why, why do you do that? I don't know. I, I think I'm looking for like that smoothness, but oh, you don't, also, so, I mean, but also yeah. it can be a little bit hot if you see some razor bumps because you feel like you're seeing something you're not meant to be. Oh, I was thinking that it's like they've put in more effort, right? Because they've, they're, they're, they're really going through something. Oh, to, be to get the look. Yeah. Um, I assume that waxing makes it much more smooth. Like I assume that's actually what porn stars do. Um, I don't know. Yeah. I think, I mean, you can still get ingrown hairs after waxing. It just takes a little while because the follicles have to grow enough. That makes sense. Although she's not talking about ingrown hairs, right? She's talking about just general, like sort of inflammation after. Well, she mentions Shaving. ingrown hairs a couple times. I, I mean, it's it's sort of both. You can get razor bumps without ingrown hairs, and then you can get these little like cystic infection things with ingrown this hairs. Is, this also isn't uh, the other thing. A thing I think is interesting about this is this isn't just a question of um having sex. This is this is like she can't go out in a bathing suit because of the style of women's bathing suits that's in, that, that right. everybody wears, right? Right. So like, there's this- it, It's not like she could just not shave and, and have a bush and and do whatever. Yeah. It's that like she can't even wear a bathing suit because, yeah, the, the cut of most suits these days presume that you're shaving everything. You're or shaving clean. At least, yeah, at least sort of shaving. Right. Sorry, shaving the majority. That's right. Uh, so, I mean, that's actually kind of- um, life impact. Well, I guess all of it's life impacting, but that, that, that like has an even broader impact on our life. Um, I don't, yeah, I don't really, yeah, I don't really know. You, you would know more. I mean, you, you've shaved more stuff than I have. <laughs> right? What's the question? Well, like what to do? I don't know. Somebody, there's an edit here that I, I mean, I don't have this problem. So the, this person says, here's what you should do. Exfoliate, then rub the area with baby oil. So that's the same. Before you shave to soften the hair and screen skin, shave using a men's razor, one with four blades and men's moisturizing shaving cream. Since they are made for faces, they are extra gentle. Dab some rubbing alcohol on the skin after you shave to kill bacteria and close your pores. So I don't know if that's right or not, but that's what this person says. Then apply deodorant and unscented okay. dovestick works best liberally. This will keep you dry down there so you won't chafe and prevents razor bumps. You'll have the smoothest giny ever. Yeah. Uh, Isn't that exactly what she did? There's a couple differences there. She's using a different okay. razor. The shaving cream, I think, is different. Uh, this person says, I was a dancer for four years and did this almost daily. No problems. Yeah, I mean, I think this is one of these things that come. It's like uh, uh, it, this comes down to individual difference. Like pe people don't people are really in our culture, maybe in all cultures, really uncomfortable with the idea that people aren't all the same. Yeah, I can't shave my face every day. And what what happens? It just gets, I get, I get red bumps. Yeah. It, it gets irritated. Okay. Yeah. So that's right. So then you have to, you have to make this, uh, maybe there could be like a, 
but so what do you do? You basically use a thing that that did, you know, a clipper, a clipper that keeps it at like say a couple of millimeters of length, right? I did that for like for like fifteen years. I didn't shave once, but I started shaving again a couple of years ago. I, I and now I don't use the clipper anymore. I just shave like once every three or four days. Okay. Uh, There's some issues so with I mean, that. Actually, what are the issues? Uh, like on on days three and four, I have like my facial hair is fairly coarse, and so kissing me, I think, can be a bit painful. Hmm. And then hmm. you know, people will say that's like, excluding the emotional pain, the trauma. There is no emotional pain of kissing me. It's only only joy. I hear you. Uh, so yeah, I mean, women could try to bring into vogue some notion of like I'm imagining some. Something like a five o'clock shadow for their bikini area could be something they could. It would bring at least give them more runway. But I mean, the problem is, <laughs> yeah, the bikinis are cut so that 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 five o'clock shadow would be visible, um, right? And so, yeah, so like when women go on, you know, their vacations to some beach area, are they shaving every morning? Presumably, yes, unless they're waxed. It's something they have to think about, right? I mean, and that's, some people's yeah, hair grows at different speeds, but yeah. Right. And what a chore. Yeah, well, they want to look as childlike as possible. That's that's when I see the women at the beach, as I did today in their bikinis, that's what I think. I think like, wow, these they're really making an effort to look sort of childlike. They're rounded. Their bodies are rounded. They have no hair. Yeah. That's what's wanted. Well, youth is always... Mm-hmm. And forever a positive selector. All right. Uh, let's talk about herpes. You ready? Yeah. All right. This person says, I'm positive for HS- HSV1. I'm hooking up with Tinder date in a week. Very nervous about reaction. What should I do? Like the title says, I've tested positive for HSV1, the most common of the HSV complex infections, and I'm scared to tell my potential new sexual partner. I met them on Tinder and they're long distance. So they're coming to my area to meet me for the first time and potentially hook up. I'm guessing he's hoping it's not potential. Although once he finds this out, anyway, uh, she goes on. Of course I will tell them because it's the right thing to do, but I'm afraid they'll stop speaking to me or think I'm unclean. This person doesn't even want to get vaccinated for reasons I don't understand. What's the using, what's the using the word them again and again, because it's not clear the genders here. I think they are. Yeah. It's, it's ambiguous. Oh my gosh. So, I mean, this could be two non-binary people. Can two can non-binary people have sex with each other? Do they have some sort of like puzzle piece instead of a penis <laughs> or a vagina? They got it's like kind of a it's like a Lego contraption that fits into the other. They got a, a Tetris it in there. Um, I don't know. Okay. Yes, uh, non-binary people can indeed have sex. Uh, this person doesn't even want to get vaccinated for how? reasons I don't understand. How are you well, so sure? It depends. Of that? It depends how you're non-binary. Go on. Well, you can identify as non-binary and still have a sexual organ. Okay. Okay. So non-binary people have a gendered sexual organ that they just don't like to talk about. And not then, all of them. I think some non-binary people remove their sexual organs. So then, then they can't, right? Because it's gone. I, yeah. I don't know what sex is like when you don't have sexual organs. Well, you very confidently said that they do. I, I regret the confidence. So yeah, I mean, if they and if they don't want to talk about what it is, then does that mean? And this is sort of interesting. It's like a double crying game situation where it's like a surprise for both of them, right? Let's say they're two. Yeah, that must be actually in some ways that's kind of fun, right? It's like you feel like <laughs> Let's okay, see what you're do. working with. Yeah. <laughs> show, me, show me what you got. All right. I mean, if you're pansexual or whatever, you know, maybe you can 
find attraction and even just oh. a little and just a little Barbie waste down there. There's no sexual organs or, or holes whatsoever. Oh, you mean like a Barbie crotch? Mm-hmm. What would you What would you do if you were going to have sex with a woman and that was what was there? Just an anus. I would be disappointed and confused. You, and you'd say what happened or. I mean, I think it would probably come up. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I mean, that's not something you could just blow by and ignore, right? Like, it's like, oh, you're like, how, how do you planning pee? on going down on you? But like, what do I do now? <laughs> lick the little okay. nub here or like what, what's going on? So okay. This hasn't happened to you. This is your. No, this has right? not. Okay. This is not. Okay. Um, all right. I asked them to get an STI panel before we had sex, and they obliged. And I plan to send them my results, HIV, syphilis, gonorrhea, etc. Really worried about what they might think. I have a negative panel otherwise. I know it's common, but not so sure they'd understand. I almost feel like not telling them, but can't shake a feeling wrong. Thoughts? So, um, all right. I feel like the gender matters here. Like, isn't it? <laughs> no, it does, because isn't it... It's more likely to be asymptomatic for a man, right? Uh, I think there's a difference between HSV-1 and HSV-2. I think one okay. is oral herpes. And I don't know if it can jump to HSV-2 if you like, like if you have a sore and then you go down on someone, can you get genital okay. herpes? I don't know. Well, I don't know. According to Google, 67% of people under age 50 globally have HSV-1, which is the main cause of oral herpes. So if you have something that 50, 60, 67% of people have, mm-hmm. then it's more than 50-50. This other person has it too, may or may not know they have it. Yep. Um, it also says, now Johns Hopkins says that it, HSV-1 can cause genital herpes. So I'm, not, I'm a little confused. I don't have a whole lot of herpes knowledge, to be honest. Yeah, I know it's. Are. I know there's no cure, and I there's mean, things they if it's, have on if like it's the sixty-seven percent for an arbitrary person. That means there's like a forty-five percent chance that you and I both have it. I definitely don't. How do you know? My I understanding is you can't even test for it. I'm a clean marine. I have. I don't. Know I don't even I've use toilet seats. I've never tested positive, and I've never had a sore. But like, how can you be certain beyond that? I think they can uh, only test it. I think they can only test if you have a sore and then they like, I don't know if they drain the, the lesion or whatever. Well, then how are they, how do they confidently say that 67% of people have it if they can't even test for it? I don't know. I think they can test for it, but there's so many strains that testing negative doesn't necessarily mean you don't have it. But well, this is rec- bullshit that, then. That's okay. So look, th- then, but then wait, if you test positive, you're positive. If you test positive, you do have it. Okay. Well, when you test it, but maybe it goes away. No, it can be dormant. How do you know? Well, how it can be dormant. I mean, look, this is like Schrodinger's STI. I say don't tell. <laughs> Just don't tell. It doesn't make any difference. Everybody already has it, and they could. You're saying, oh, it, if it goes, if it, if it, if you test negative later, you still have it. Well, how do they know? How do you how do you know you didn't it didn't go away and then come back? Oh, that's true. You have plausible deniability. You can say you got it from somebody else. It just, I mean, this just, Sorry, this just sounds like somebody else. Right. This just sounds like a thing that everybody has. So it's just like, it doesn't make any difference. Yeah. That is my general read on this. I think if you have a, a herpy, is that, is that what, is, is a herpy another word for a cold sore? I think it ha- it wouldn't, it couldn't be the herp because the herp is just a synonym for herpes. Right. Right. Uh, so a herp, a herpetic cyst maybe. 
You're saying if you have actually like a visible lesion. Yeah. I mean, it's well, you should probably mention it because if they find it and you haven't mentioned it, it's going to be bad news. Yeah. I, 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 I mean, I guess you could mention it, but it's just, I'm not sure. Yeah. Because the, now, uh, here's something though. If you bring it up, the reaction of the person will tell you something about them. Because well, most people it, aren't educated rational. on this. Right. So you could talk about educated. it. Yeah. You could talk about it and see how good they are at critical thinking, how they're able to understand it. And if they just respond in an irrational way, uh, well, then- most people, especially young people, probably don't like hearing the words, I have herpes. But apparently, everybody, you know, effectively everyone does. Yeah, I know. I've seen numbers that are higher than 67%, but I don't, I don't know how you even test for it. Yeah. So, I mean, I, yeah. But I, so in that sense, I mean, it would be good if, if you're interested in cultivating a relationship, it might be a good way to find out what kind of person they are. And then you're sort of being honest at the same time. So right. I'm not sure there's a huge downside there. Right. I wonder what like the Planned Parenthood website says about telling people. Uh, I just think that in general, if you told people you're going to run into problems. That's true. I mean, there's some things that are better. Especially men telling women, like if a man has it, like I think almost all women would nope out and then just go find another man in line that doesn't have it. Or this reminds me of the- Or claims he doesn't have it. This reminds me of the most recent episode of The Bachelorette. Oh boy. Where uh, one of the three remaining guys, they were, this is, I mean, this is just It's fantasy sweet week. Yeah. So they're going to have sex, right? And Mm -hmm. like the chick clearly wanted to have sex with this guy. And so I don't- Anyway, so at the dinner, so I guess they have a dinner. Yeah. I haven't watched the show that many times. Where the they don't eat. They're not allowed to eat? They are, but they never do. Why not? I don't know. I don't know if they eat beforehand, but the meals just like sit there and they never touch them. They drink okay. the wine though. Okay. So they get drunk, but she's suppo- ostensibly deciding during this meal whether or not she's going to have sex with the guy. And then I she guess, has a- yeah card that she can give them if she wants to yes. this guy the whole the whole situation was insane this guy brought up that in the past he had been unfaithful in a relationship why is he self-sabotaging like this he's saying this right. on the date before he's <laughs> going to get laid right so, obviously this would be a good room, thing to say, say the next day yeah like he's <laughs> like by the way uh and then the other thing that was sort of interesting was that she yeah she just noped out and it's like look like you understand there's only two possibilities here with all the guys you have remaining. They either tell you this, that all of them have been unfaithful in a relationship. Yeah. These guys are all, they're on a television show that <laughs> being a hot philanderer is almost a requirement. Sort of. So, I mean, then, you know, her, her reaction just shows like a lack of critical thinking. It's kind of the same situation, right? He's told her something that should be a no-op, but she's decided to go nuts. Now- I'm not surprised though, Mike. I mean, they psychologically profile these people to be <laughs> psychologically damaged because it fair. makes, it makes fair. for better television. Right. Incoherent in, in and incapable of normal dialogue. Right. Right. Uh, anyway, but yeah. And, and then, right, the, the strategic error, he, uh, and also he was the first one out of the three. So there's no crusty- stale leftovers coming from the other guys. Like he could have been oh, the man. crusty stale leftover for the, the other guys. Pristine vagina. Right. So do they go, is it three nights in a row or is there like a night in between? It must be some time in between. Otherwise, I mean, there are man. all kinds of problems. It seems yeah, like she'll, if you be, were going she'll first, be tired, maybe sore. 
yeah, if you're going first, like it would probably make sense to try to make her sore, right? Kind of work that <laughs> thing. <laughs> yeah, this could go dark quickly. Yeah, yeah. Like if you were, if you were, if you on yeah. the bachelor, on the bachelor, like it would make some sense if you were the first woman to just give him some some hickeys or like some teeth marks, right? Like why not? Yeah, some scratches on his back or she or has like elsewhere. a she gets like a she gets like a thing on her like let's say her name is Stacy she gets a thing on her teeth that says Stacy was here and like, <laughs> and like puts that on his dick somehow. <laughs> yeah, it's it's alpha. It's pro move. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, I think we have time to do this pissing one. Um, this person wonders, should I piss on my girlfriend? We'd been out for a walk and cut soaked in the rain, and I hopped in the shower to warm up. She got in with me, and as you expect, we started to get into it. She was going down on me, and I said I needed to pee. When I went to get out of the shower, she held onto my cock and told me to use it on her face instead of using the toilet. I laughed it off and used the toilet. It had never come up before, and I didn't think she was serious. Anyway, I didn't think much about it again until last night when we were in bed. Things were getting sexual again, and she paused and said something like, I was being serious in the shower. I'd like you to piss on me. We were in bed, so just had sex, but I'm now on the fence about what to do next. I'm sort of interested by the idea, but not exactly turned on by it. Anyone done this before? Advice welcome. And before you respond, basically everyone has the same take as the first person, which is, here's my take, especially in the shower. Nobody is possibly hurt here. There's no mess, whatever. Um, and then he says, if you aren't actually averse to trying this, I think that you should give it a shot. It's almost, it's always awesome to do things for your partner that they are into, even if you aren't. Um, is that true? I mean, uh, look, uh, okay. Philosophically, there's something that doesn't affect me at all and makes your experience much better. Okay. I should obviously do that, but can you be sure that it won't affect you at all? No, you can't because I mean, aside from, I think, I don't think he was doing a whole lot of deep thinking here in the shower, mm-hmm. but I do, I do imagine that he, he, he probably just had general squeamishness. He's like, I, I'm, that makes me a little uncomfortable, which makes sense to me. Yeah. But it would be reasonable if one thought about it for a while to say, Hey, this may become something I have to do a lot. Right. Uh, it may not be something that you want to be doing a lot. And so there could be this, uh, kind of uncomfortable situation that arises if you agree to it. Um, so there is a downside. I mean, what if, what if this was, you know, yeah, now he starts having to do this all the time. Yeah. You don't know how slippery the slope is. That's right. Right. It starts, it starts innocuously in the shower and then next it's, she's cooking in a asparagus casserole and demanding you pee on her in bed. Right. You know, it's, it's interesting. Different. Have you, have you encountered somebody who wanted asparagus pee specifically? Is that like a thing? I haven't encountered. Uh, no, have you read about? I mean, is is that I've never actually considered that somebody would want a flavored golden shower. Well, you know, there's some like enzyme in asparagus or something that oh, makes your, your pee. Okay, yeah. Um, I just didn't know if a woman would want. I that. don't know. Would yeah, they, do they want it amped up? Do they want it more demeaning, be, more more stinky? To be honest, I always assumed it was men that wanted this, not women. It's a little surprising to me that a woman would be interested. I mean, it might just be a one time thing, you know. Although on her face. Yeah, face is not where I would start. I don't know where I would start. Nowhere. I don't. I don't want to do this. Oh, you don't. So no, you would actually say no if this if if you were if this was offered to you or desired. If it was offered to me, I would say no. If it was requested of me, I would consider it. 
I think I would immediately do it. I I, I agree that that is probably <laughs> what like, you okay. would do. Because <laughs> it doesn't really hurt me. Although I do see the downside, the long-term downside of like, oh, now I have to pee on you all the time. Right. Yeah, it could be a chore after a while. You always have to make sure you're well hydrated and you never know when you're going to, when the request is going to come. Yes. Yeah. It's sort of worrisome. Uh, yeah. But I mean, I think, I think in most cases a guy would just do it because it's like, you, you know, you want to sort of seem masculine and like you can, you can, you're up for anything and it really doesn't affect you. It's like, all right. Some people lauded her for, uh, somebody says she didn't just want it. She wants it enough that she brought it up later after it was laughed off. That's good communication and a serious act of trust on her part. That's true. Yeah. Well, it could open the door to something else, right? I mean, like what if, look, here's the thing, Keith, what if, let's say that you had a crystal ball and you knew like, okay, you wouldn't immediately say yes in the shower, but let's say that I told you that the next request was going to be a three-way with her hot friend. Then yeah. you would see, and that's the thing. So like saying, generally, I think that men, if a woman wants to do something, just are like, yes, <laughs> because you figure like always keep the door open. Like why, right. if you say yeah. no, then you're basically, you're, you're rejecting. Let's keep knocking down the dominoes and see, see what, what comes. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds right. Which I think All is right. sensible. We're over time here. So that will do it for this episode of your mileage may vary. Uh, if you didn't like some of the things Mike had to say earlier in this episode, just keep in mind that's not my fault. He just, you know, really, he's, he's a man. I, I can't, <laughs> can't, can't, can't control it. Uh, we cherish feedback. Uh, maybe we need, well, especially negative feedback, since that's the most interesting and most actionable. So if you have any, hit us up. We pay $10 for any feedback, uh, even if it's short. Uh, just let us know if you want PayPal or Cash App or whatever it is. Uh, you can also ask us questions, and we'll answer them on the air, unless you tell us not to. Uh, the email address for all that stuff is ymmvpod at gmail.com. Uh, thank you for listening, and we look forward to catching you next week on Your Mileage Maybe. Je veux et je viens Entre tes reins Je vais et je viens Je me retiens Non